0: In today's podcast, we feature audio from Brothers of the Brush with Chris Kerfoot. In this episode, Chris catches up with Joshua Wynn at the Paint Bureau based out of New York. They learned that some things in the trade aren't so different across the pond, along with discussing the positives that can be taken from the pandemic and not scaling your business as well as charging what you're worth. This episode is sponsored by Benjamin Moore and Sherwin-Williams hi
1: guys welcome back to another bobcast i trust you're all safe and well and it's nice to finally see some sunny weather out there now this week for me has been pretty crap one my loyal fur baby of 12 years dudley has been diagnosed with heart problems which means for him no more walks and me my thinking time is on the walks so i hope you guys have had a better week out there now, back to this week's episode. I chat to Josh at the Paint Bureau over in New York, US of A, where some things in our trade don't seem to be so different. So, you know the score. Grab a brew, pin back your earlugs, give us a listen. Give us a shout out at hashtag Bobcast. And as always, I'd appreciate your feedback. Welcome to this episode of the Brothers of the Brush Podcast, a podcast by decorators for decorators, with me, your host, Chris Kerfoot. So on this week's show we have Josh from the Paint Bureau. So let me get this right. You're based in New York?
2: Yeah, I live in upstate New York, about two and a half hours north of New York City. See
1: when you said two and a half hours <laughs> over here, if I said I live two and a half hours from Hornsey, I'd be in a total different town. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's two two and a half hours from me, I'd be 250 miles away Uh in in a total different area of england probably five hours i could get to opposite end of england so that that's
2: just crazy when you said two and a half hours drive new york state's a big place and so i live almost due north from new york city you could still then drive a couple more hours and still be in new york state in the same direction
1: i just can't imagine anything that big
2: (laughs) have you ever been over here no no we've got why not um Money. <laughs> okay, fair We're enough. About,
1: until all this happened, we had some savings. Uh, we still have at the moment because my wife's 10 years younger. Mm-hmm. We worked it out when I'm 50, which will be about three years. She'll be 40. My daughter will be about 15, 16. And we said it'd probably be the last sort of full-on family holiday because my daughter will be wanting to go with friends. So we have a, a holiday pot called the Dream Pot. And we put money in every month. And the plan is... Uh, to have about six thousand pounds in it, and either do something like a, a, a like what we call a holiday lifetime, something like a, a fly drive across America, a trip to Australia. Uh, I've I've got a on me on me wish list somewhere with an infinity pool, somewhere like that, you know. So mm. if we're going to do somewhere big, basically, rather than just the Europe or Turkey that we normally do. Uh, so America could be one of them. I, I would not mind a fly drive. Um, I won't mm. mind just visiting, actually. You know, I, I was listening today to a podcast. Um, don't know if you're familiar with it. Uh, a young, i be found where is it? It's a, it's a young tradesman's guide or something. A chap called Noah, and he had, he had Nick Slavic on, and the one prior to that he had uh, Nick from the Business Bush on.
2: Yeah, I think it's a pretty new new show, right?
1: Yeah yeah and they do advice from a young tradesman that's it yeah i uh, heard of it it's pretty good and it, it was nick slavic today that was good and then uh nick may from the business brush and they do the crank thing and they say no we, we have people from canada america we've had nobody from europe yet, and i thought i wouldn't mind being first one from europe to that
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know every year but i just think it'd be a hell of a lot of money for me to get there a couple of grand
2: yeah sure if you're going to spend that much you may as well take a proper vacation
1: well, that's it. I'd rather take the family. No no disrespect, but if I'm spending that money, I'd rather take the family. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's family first every time. I couldn't justify sure. it. So, talking of family, who's in your household?
2: Uh, I'm married. Uh, so, it's me and my wife, and we have two kids, a uh, seven-year-old boy and two-year-old girl.
1: Yeah. Hard work at the moment, then. Two-year-old, seven-year-old will be all right.
2: <laughs> uh, he's okay. He... Honestly, with him being home from school because of the coronavirus and everything, it's been pretty challenging, actually, because uh, I know my wife really looks forward to sending him off to school and kind of having a break. Um, so now on top of her teaching him and dealing with a two-year-old all day, she's been pretty stressed out.
1: Yeah, I, I, I get that exactly. I've I've got friends and they say, oh, my wife's got an easy job at home with kids. I tell you what, I'd rather go to work for an eight-hour break than be a stay-at-home parent. Yeah, likewise. Yeah, it's an e- easy break. I find the first two years, it'll uh, be a bit controversial, first two years, I find it's pretty bloody boring as a dad.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: when, when they get to that age and they gain a bit of a personality, mm-hmm. you know, and you, you can see the personality coming out. I think that's when it gets interesting.
2: Yeah, I love my daughters too. And if I could just keep her where she is right now forever, I'd be so happy. Um, just like so sweet and innocent and just so much fun. Uh, I, just, I just love her so much.
1: Yeah, I I prefer him a bit older. My, my little lad is is six. He's got his own YouTube channel at the moment. He
2: okay. Keeps,
1: it, it, Christmas, he was saying, I want to be a YouTuber when I'm sixteen. Yeah. <laughs> I says, Why when you're sixteen? Well, you got to be sixteen. I said, No, you haven't. So I set him up with a YouTube channel. I mean, after mm-hmm. stuff he puts on, it is it, rubbish. But he's happy, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. it's, it's starting somewhere like we all do. Uh, but he's he's got such a character. He's so full of confidence. So we've got no clue where he gets it from. Mm-hmm. because neither of us are. My daughter either, So where it's come from, I don't know. But it's like, smash that subscribe button, ring that bell, and get uh-huh. all that. And I'm thinking, where's this He's coming into from? It. Oh, mm-hmm. he, he watches it all day, every day, if he gets a chance. He's all over it. So how did you get started in the house painting business?
2: So probably 10 or 11 years ago, I worked for a general contractor, which here in the States, a general contractor is someone who does you know any phase of construction and often many phases of construction usually frame to finish as they would say here um and I worked for him for some time and his wife uh worked for another contractor as a painter and it kind of was very random the circumstance for me that I ended up working with her for one day um but just literally painting for that one day there was just something about it that just I don't know. I just liked it. Uh, I could turn my brain off. Uh, it's...
1: Oh, we've lost you. We've we've lost your voice. <laughs> Disappeared somewhere.
2: Contractors, when another woman approached me who was working on the same job as me and she kind of slipped me her card on the sly... And she was a painting contractor. And she said, hey, if you're ever looking for work, call me. And eventually I was. And I called her. And I ended up painting for her uh, until 2016 when I left to start yeah. my own business.
1: So we, we, we just dipped out and missed a bit there because you've always disappeared from when you had this one day oh. working. Sorry. Oh well, no, it's, no, it's okay. Probably, probably the connection. When you had the one day working with this woman on site.
2: Sure. Uh, so after, after, that, um, after that, I ended up. Uh, Not working for that contractor anymore and had various other jobs um, that I would get off Craigslist. Uh, One was a house flip. And while I was working there, another woman was working there and she slipped me her card on the fly and said, Hey, if you're ever looking for work, give me a call. And eventually I was and I called her and started right away. And it was great. And I worked for her until 2016 when I left to start my own business.
1: Yeah. Has it been all good since? No low points.
2: Um, I, honestly, I've been busy the entire time, which I think has, you know, I am so grateful for it and I have amazing customers where I live is actually like a really unique economy. Um, here we call them baby boomers. Um, yeah. do you guys use the term there. So baby boomers here we're fortunate enough to have really good paying jobs with amazing pensions and they've done well in retirement. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of baby boomers here and there's a lot of uh, people from New York City that have second homes here. Yeah. So I'm pretty much like just, just kind of by chance dropped into this area. I'm not where I live now. I'm not from here originally. My wife grew up here and yeah. that's where we live now. And the market for someone, if you're a good painter is endless because there's not many painting contractors around here. And with the small pool of painting contractors that are here, very few of them take it seriously. Yeah. So I, I feel like I feel like once once I got my name out there, everything has been word of mouth and I have yet to not be busy. Do you
1: do you find once this whole Corona shebang thing's over, you'll probably should sort of float to top and be okay work wise because of the clientele you've got the lowest have me.
2: Honestly, since last summer, because there was two exterior projects that I wasn't even able to get to last summer that are on the books to start this year, I thought for sure people already would be canceling because they're shelling out big bucks to get the exterior of their house painted. And so far, I haven't heard anything. And honestly, I would probably be relieved if one or two of them dropped out, because if there's one thing that this coronavirus kind of has done for me... Is normally I kind of overbook myself and this has totally taken all the pressure off. Yeah. And it feels so good to take that pressure off. For the first time in years, I just feel relaxed and like I'm in control of my own pace. Is
1: it is it like a pause and reset button?
2: Exactly. Yeah. For the first time, no one customers aren't texting me. I'm not beholden to dates that I told them because everything is pushed back. And it it feels really good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I suppose we've got to step the positives out of it. Sure. You know, it's. Uh, I mean, I'm. I finished this Sunday coming. Uh, I've got nothing planned for three weeks. Uh, I've got a couple of bits I could pop out and do, but I just thought I can put them off for three weeks. Going to get some bits done at home. Pause, reset, focus on the business, and start again. Mm-hmm. You know, hopefully, crack on and take it up. So, yeah, I've
2: been uh, I've been halfway through renovating one of our bathrooms in our house. Um, so it's been really nice to have the extra time to do that. And I'm really fortunate that uh, one of my best customers is allowing me to work in her home currently. Yeah. Um, so it hasn't hit me that hard, but I really do feel for the people who are literally stuck at home and just can't work at all.
1: Yeah, well, it's, it's creating a bit of a divide here with that. Some are saying you should be at home, but the government have been not being clear in black and white and said you need to stay at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah,
2: likewise. Same for here.
1: Yeah, they, they ought to just either have full lockdown, you know, and make it clear. You know, there's such a grey area with it, but I think have they done it on purpose to keep the economy going? Because if everybody mm-hmm. sat at home, it had collapse. collapse. Uh, I'm and not saying that you're right or wrong to sit at home. It's, it's your own choice. If you can be safe, you know, sure. do what you need to do. Sure. But uh, you'll have started just after the last recession then, will you?
2: I did. I I started uh, my business in 2016. So I actually haven't been in business that long. Um, And I just can't, I can't tell you how grateful I am because I feel like the success of my business is hinged upon my customer base. And I literally feel like I fell into an amazing customer base. Um, And, they all my referrals come from word of mouth and you always hear those horror stories of customers that either ripped you off or were impossible to work with i have yet i've yet to go through a scenario like that don't jinx yourself i know i know i say it all the time so i would have jinxed myself already so what's
1: so what's been your highest point in business so far then
2: i would say my highest point was i think it was a year and a half two years ago uh fine home building which is a trade magazine here yeah. uh me and a guy i work with brian who's at columbia painting on instagram check him out um uh, he and i both won a, a pro painting award that was sponsored by benjamin moore for best transformation we did a full strip of a uh, deck and railing system and then uh, i actually submitted it to fine home building for him because it was technically his job It was one of the first jobs we actually ever worked together. We ended up meeting on Instagram of all places. And I submitted photos to the contest that they were running for him. And he was gracious enough to include me um, for some of the praise at the end. But we got our picture in the magazine. And it just felt really good to work really hard at something because there's so many tradespeople who work day in and day out. And even though your customers are happy and you know that you've done a good job, by and large i feel like it's really hard to gain uh the amount of gratitude that makes you feel like you're on the right path like you've done the right things and to have something in print that was recognized widely as like a really great job was just so meaningful for me um it just signified to me that all the hard work that i had put in paid off
1: yeah that you're doing you're doing it right rather than just your customer tell you you're getting some sort of recognition for it.
2: Because there's there's so many people who work in the trades where they give their blood, sweat and tears to make sure their customers happy. And even though they can say, Oh, I worked on this place, this is what I did, at the end of the day, there's <laughs> there's not really much to show for it. Yeah. So yeah
1: So when did you realize you'd made it or have you in your eyes, have you not made it yet?
2: Um I tend <laughs> to think really negatively about myself. Um and I would say for me, one thing I know why I've made it is just my strength of schedule and just being booked with work. Uh, I don't advertise and I'm not saying that as if I'm bragging because between me and you and anyone else who listens to this, I'm not a business person at all. I'm not that business savvy. I don't treat my, I do treat my business like it's a business, but not to the extent that someone who's good at business would, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, So I would say my strength of schedule is something that I can always lean on and say, I I really must be doing something right for me to constantly be busy.
1: Yeah. Do you have aspirations of growing the company or just happy as you are then?
2: No, I have one employee. uh, His name's Zach Reynolds. And truthfully, he's kind of been the backbone of my business. And I've really leaned on and relied on him uh, just being in the trenches with me day in, day out. He's just a, a prepping madman amazing at sanding caulking filling he's getting really nice on the brush now too um and i don't really have aspirations of growing very big because hard work i feel it. Like, <laughs> I, I it's just i feel like i'm almost sometimes hanging on a thread managing what i already have and i couldn't imagine managing more
1: i've I've, I've done it myself for about 15 years ago I had a few work for me uh, and then I scaled back down because it was, it was the headaches and other issues. Uh, I've tried again recently, in the last few years, but do you know what? I just, I don't. I look and I think, am I swimming against the stream? Because everybody's wanting to scale the business and grow it, and I'm thinking, I'm happy just working 40 hours a week on my own. Mm-hmm. You know, no headaches, no firefighting, not putting fires mm-hmm. out. I know the job's getting done. If if it's done wrong, there's only one person to blame, and that's mm-hmm. me. You know, I think is that the easiest way for me?
2: The only, the only snag with that that I see is, at least for me, um, you know, we're getting on some of these huge exterior jobs. There's just no way that I could produce them alone. They're just not. Yeah. They would take me, some, some of these jobs would take me half the summer just to do one job.
1: That, that's why you could do with a few local ones that you trust. Uh, I've mm-hmm. done it before where we had an agreed rate, what we charge each other per day. Mm-hmm. uh and i'd I'd message him or ring him say hey andy have you have you got uh, a month spare in in you know a month's time and he'd say yeah i'd come and do it we knew the rate he'd come and do me a month we'd get the job done and then he'd go off and vice versa he'd ring me up two months later say i've got this job do you fancy give me an hand for a month you know and we'd do it like that so it's, it saves you having to find work all year round mm-hmm. you know and it, it builds their schedule it builds your schedule
2: yeah, actually, the so this guy Brian that i mentioned before, he's at Columbia Painting on Instagram. Uh, we met on Instagram just randomly one day, met for lunch. Uh, I guess he found my profile and was like, "Hey, like it'd be cool to meet" or whatever. He's been painting since he was 18. He's 42 now. He's just a wizard on the brush, and he and I basically work most of our jobs together if we can. And it's been a real asset to be able to bring him on and vice versa. If I have like a slow time or he needs me for a certain job. It's just so nice to throw some manpower at some jobs yeah. when you can, especially and, and they're already skilled, so it's uh you know, you're not really losing any traction.
1: It's as as sad as it is, it's nice trying out with some other painters sometimes as well mm. it, in in taught work.
2: <laughs> yeah, and he's uh he's a little older than me and he he's pretty set in his ways. And uh I think that's part of the fun is me trying to show him like some new tools and stuff like that, which he'll gripe about for a while until eventually he'll like the like, certain turn up with he'll, it. He'll, he'll, Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: So. That that reminds me of that bit in Expendables film. Uh, I think it's Expendables three, mm-hmm. where uh, I think it's Dolph Lundgren and he's they've got the young kids and he's got that like, sat nav on this watch thing and he's like, mm-hmm. look at that. Turns yep. up on next mission, he's got the same thing on. Yep. <laughs> For sure. so, so obviously, I was impressed with it. <laughs> so, if, if if you could go back to the young Josh that was starting out, what advice would you give give to yourself or anybody else that's starting out?
2: there's so much i would say the first thing is have a plan because i did not have a plan and thankfully i stumbled my way through so number one have a plan know what you're going to charge know what your expenses are going to be um know what you're actually trying to do are you just answering the call and taking whoever wants to hire you or are you trying to do a certain way um And then the second thing is to charge what I'm worth. At that time, I didn't know what I was worth. I only knew that my old boss was paying me a certain amount. And maybe I was worth a little more than that, but not much because that's what she was paying me. And I was so wrong.
1: (laughs) (coughs) Excuse me. uh, And even,
2: even still to this day, I know that I'm a very good value. I really care about what I do. And I'm always trying to execute at a high level. But... I'm not, you know, trying to make the customer lose their shirt over hiring me. Um, And even still, I know I'm like probably slightly undercharging, but that's how I sleep at night. By no means do I want any one of my customers thinking that I'm ripping them off or anything.
1: Do you do a lot of of the things like, uh, I'm assuming it's the same for you, you you finish a job and you're probably thinking about it a couple of days later and you think, I could have done it quicker, I could have done it better. Do you always pick your work to bits?
2: No, I don't think I've ever executed a job where by the end, I walked away and thought it was the best that I possibly could have done. And that's for a couple of reasons. Number one, I'm always getting better at what I do. And number two, there's just certain things that happen on site that are out of your control. And if you're trying to stay on budget, you just can't micromanage every little detail of the job to the most perfect degree. At the end, you've agreed on something. I always say this, like, I rarely am delivering a 10 out of 10 job, but if I can consistently deliver an eight or nine out of 10, to most people, that's a 10 out of 10.
1: That's that's exactly what I had on that podcast today with Nick Slavic and uh, mm-hmm. Noah. He, he was mm-hmm. saying he's, he's turning work out at 93%, mm-hmm. and his customers are happy with 60 odd. Yeah. He says, and that's where he's, he's a martyr to his, if I remember right, he's a martyr to his trade where he's, mm-hmm. he's doing too much for what he's getting paid mm-hmm. you know and that but it's just it,
2: it, it, it it's just what you care about and your customers will know if you care that much about their house because they've seen other people probably working in their house that weren't you that weren't even coming close to doing what you're trying to do there um so they'll they'll appreciate it
1: yeah are, are you a techie person at all do you like your technology
2: uh yeah i mean i i'm 33 so i've had a cell phone since i was 18 and pretty much i've always grew up with computers um so yeah i'm I'm into technology like you know
1: yeah do, do you use any of the apps i hear a lot of the americans using like estimate rocket do you use any of those or
2: honestly like i'm pretty bare bones when it comes to that i just use quickbooks online and um i have my invoice template and it's really easy to track all my expenses and stuff like that but i don't I'm not the kind of person where I'm turning over so many estimates a week. Maybe I'm estimating a job once every two weeks and I don't need to go sit in the driveway and automatically replenish an estimate to a person right away. So I pretty much go home, formalize it. And most most people I tell about seven to 10 days to turn around an estimate, which is horrible, but (laughs) estimating is my, I couldn't think of anything I hate more in business than estimating.
1: I, I'm normally about three to four days. I've I've okay, done the I've, I've done the estimate, well, quotes as we call them, or as I do. We, we have estimates and quotes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've I've done the quoting on the spot and come a cropper because I've I've quoted it, thought right, ten hours per coat, and forgot to double up for two coats, and then yep. they do it a coat free of charge. So that out. happens
2: to me often.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> I I I'd go home and check it, and then check it again. Before I send it, and I say normally get back within three to four days, and, mm-hmm. and do it that way, and just double check. Cause I've I've looked at a job as I'm, I'm sure many have, and worked it out and thought that looks stupidly low. Have I worked something out wrong or that looks stupidly high? And mm-hmm. I, I remember once I looked looked at a job. It was the external of an house. It was six and a half thousand pound. And as my, my wife was pregnant, she she'd come and sat in the car when I was uh, when I was looking at it. And she put in perspective, and I said six and a half thousand pounds. She says, "It's probably a lot of money to us." She says, "But when you look on the drive, they've got about eight hundred grand's worth of cars." Mm-hmm. She says it's probably not a lot of money to them. Put put the job totally. in. They snap my hand off.
2: Even, I, I was worried still, about it. Even still, to this day, if I'm doing up an estimate, and you know, some of the exteriors I do are, you know, they cost twenty five thousand dollars to do a full exterior, and to me, like. There's no way I could pay someone twenty-five thousand dollars to paint my house. Yeah. Um, but I'm getting better at realizing it's not my money. If they could do it themselves, they would, and they want me to do it. And if I'm hiring someone to either service my home, service my vehicles, I'm hiring them because I want them to do it, and whatever the cost for them to do the job is, just what it costs. Um, you know. Very few people are out there to you know, just rake you over the coals and make some absorbent amount of money that's just not not appropriate for the services rendered.
1: Do you, do you find a lot more customers now are willing to get a tradesman in and stay in the lane and do what they do and they'll get somebody in rather than attempting it themselves now?
2: I think so. I actually think we as tradespeople have some really good things going for us. Think about how much you personally spend on your phone or computer. And then think of the average person who doesn't have to manage their own job. They maybe work a nine to five. If they're spending two to three hours on their phone a day and then two to three hours in front of the TV, they're not using that time to work on their own home. And I feel like lost here are the days of growing up with your dad and your dad's always working on your own house and you kind of get handy around the home. That's really not commonplace these days.
1: Yeah, I find a lot of them, especially the men, as long as they've got the armchair and the football's working on the telling corner, that's sure. all they're bothered about. It's just yeah, they won't and, pay somebody to do it.
2: And that's the same here. And for me, uh, I consider myself a really handy person. Uh, my best friend is an auto mechanic. And even though I know that I could tinker with my own cars, it's, not, it's just not even worth the expense of me trying to do it on my own because I don't have the time. So I will pay him top dollar to service my vehicles. And I'm so happy to do it because I just, I don't have the time.
1: I I used to, uh, I used to do the work on my own vehicles, but they've got to point that that computer controlled. Now, Mm -hmm. as soon as it throws a fault up, you have to plug it in to find out what it is. Uh, Sure. My mechanics, pretty good. something, I think it was this, this, this brakes on front of van or rotors, as you guys call them. Mm -hmm. Uh, It says, Oh, you can do it yourself on your drive. I, I says, they call him Ollie. I says, Ollie, just book it in and do it, me. I says, bit time I've messed about on driving, cold, took skin off my knuckles on a seized bolt. I mm-hmm. says, you'll have it on ramps and have it back to me in two hours. You exactly. know, it's, it's, it's probably cost me half a day's wage, and I've probably spent half a day on drive doing it, so I'd rather go to work for half a day. Mm-hmm. Do it that mm-hmm. way. <coughs> just bear, bear with me, say. <laughs>
2: you you got the uh, coronavirus kicking in? <laughs> no, <laughs> I've, I've had uh, a...
1: <laughs> wow the chest well i hope it was a chest infection a few weeks ago and it turned sinusitis so it's it's, i've had a tickly cough on and off it's crazy
2: here because pretty much through january january and february like my house was so sick and even though we were aware of the coronavirus like mid late february um i don't know i wonder if it was that it's i feel like all these numbers that you get are just You know, first of all, they're not accurate because no one's getting tested. And it's not like all of a sudden it showed up one day and was here like it's been going around for longer.
1: There's rumors of that now Uh, around our way. Probably about Christmas time, a lot of people had really bad coughs uh, that lingered for about four or five weeks. And Mm -hmm. now people are saying, well, maybe have I had it? I mean, I'm not saying don't, you know, don't take precautions, but they're thinking, have I already had it? You know, if, if, is, is, was that it? would Because it affects some worse than others, do not it? Sure, sure does. Uh, a friend of mine who was, who was a decorator, his, his wife's just come out of hospital after suffering with it because uh, she has a low immune system. So it obviously affects people, different us, but you think, have I had it and do I not know? But until we get the test kits, mm-hmm. which we're, we're so way behind. When, when we look at how many Germany are testing a day to what we're testing, where we, I think we're so underprepared and we should have been more prepared because we've seen it happen in China. We've seen what's happened in Italy, poor buggers over there. You okay. know, We should have been more prepared, but it seems like your government and my government are being pretty slack on uptake and sorting it out and taking it serious. For sure. So, but uh, <laughs> back back to business. <laughs> okay. I mean, enough there. What's, what's the best advice that you'll give for selling yourself?
2: Honestly for me, I feel like you can't if you do what you say you're going to do. If you talk to your customer and you say this is what I'm going to do, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability and you show up and you actually do that, I almost feel like there's no way that you can lose in business and I'm often baffled at how people can't do that.
1: Yeah, be a man of your word. If you say you're going to do be it, be a man go ahead. Of,
2: exactly. Be a man of your word. <laughs> realize that realize that people work really hard for their money and if they're paying you Uh, to do something just make sure that you do what you said you're going to do when you said you're going to do it yeah those are rules that like i really live by and they've served me so well and uh they just create a reputation reputation of being accountable and i feel like especially in today's day and age being accountable is so important
1: i I find that and communication is key Mm -hmm. yeah
2: i wouldn't i wouldn't say (laughs) i'm the best communicator uh I kind of like wing a lot of things, and I'm not—I'm I'm definitely not an over communicator. But I definitely—I wouldn't say I'm bad, but I could be a lot more proactive than I am.
1: Yeah. Oh well, you've got time to grow. Sure. <laughs> so, where where do you see the trade heading? Is it totally different over there to what it is here from what you see on social media?
2: Um, honestly, on social media, I would say everything I see is trending in a really good direction because. I feel like in a lot of ways it's allowed people to legitimize the painting trade Um, because before, before Instagram, it was really hard to see the day in and day out of the average painter, let alone an amazing painter. And there's so many amazing painters on Instagram. And I feel like when people are able to see the day to day, um, they value what that tradesperson is going to bring to the table so much more. Yeah. and uh and i think um i think just with the access to information myself included i'm able to learn from other people and avoid making certain mistakes at such a high level that if i actually really care about what i'm doing as long as you're willing to put the work in most people should be able to execute at a fairly high level if they care
1: yeah do you you find the social media drives you to improve yourself a hell of a lot better because you're sort of competing but not competing
2: I would say yes because <coughs> no matter who you are when you post something on social media I'm looking at it through the lens of another contractor zooming in on my photo and picking it apart <laughs> and literally as I'm doing the work I'm like I know that I have to have this just so so that if someone zooms on this photo they can't be like oh well you know you forgot to caulk this one little spot or whatever this cut line's like not great um and honestly the whole aspect of sharing it it just creates such more of a sense of pride because you're not just in some random room of someone's house that no one's ever going to see the fact that you are able to share it you know pretty much to the world at this point it's it just i don't know i feel like it it really you become so prideful in what you do because not only is the customer going to see it and enjoy it, like the whole world can see it. And it's just, you want to be able to hang your hat on that.
1: It's it's like, do you get that little feeling when you, there's people on social media, mainly Instagram, that you you hold a bit of esteem for mm-hmm. and they, they give you a little comment or even a little fist pump and you think, yeah, I've, I've done it right because they do some cracking work and they've recognized that I've done a nice job.
2: I would say a hundred percent and I would say the very act of me being on the show right now is a testament to that. I think it's so easy to work day in and day out and have a really low self-worth of yourself because the real the real movers and shakers on Instagram are incredible. And to be quite honest, it's hard to even hold a flame to some of the stuff that some of the people are doing. Um and the community through Instagram is just amazing, and the feedback. And I love giving feedback too. Like I love giving props to guys who are doing great stuff because I want them to know that I think it's great, and it just it feels good. It's just such a great community. Yeah, little pat on back
1: Go, it goes a long way. You yeah, for know, sure. a nice job there. It goes a long way to boost somebody. You know, it's 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 been nice. It's nice to be nice. Mm-hmm. So, so what's it's, just
2: so nice, it's, so, it's so nice to just connect, connect with like-minded people um, and people who want to do good work. Yeah. No matter who you are, where you are, maybe there's some other local contractors around you, but now the world at large, we're able to connect with people who want to do good work and that just, it makes you want to wake up and be, it sounds so corny, but like, be great every day. Like, it makes yeah. you want to just do your best all the time.
1: You, you know you're not alone
2: <laughs> mm-hmm, for sure
1: <laughs> so what's so what's your favorite product currently brush paint i, I know you're a Benjamin moore fan
2: I, I use almost exclusively benjamin moore with the exception of possibly a couple cabinet coatings or some specialty primers um i love advance i think it's super easy it's not the easiest paint to work with because it does sag but so does oil but the finish you get at the end with some advanced satin is is just amazing. And for the at least in the states for the price point uh, <laughs> and the durability, it's really unrivaled in anything. It's not the fastest; uh, it has a long recoat time. I, th- I think and- that's what
1: kills it for me because I've used it. It's a sixteen-hour recoat. I'm not keen mm-hmm. on.
2: And I'm uh, I'm really keen on all the specs and always always try to follow the guidelines, but. If in the end that 16 hours is going to deliver a better product, um, I'm going to use it every time. And yeah. I would say if I had to choose one thing, every job that I can use on, I do. Not every job calls for it. Um, but it's really nice to have a product that's water-based, that's a true enamel finish.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it, it is It is good gear. It's just like I say, it's the 16 hours. You're right. If you're on a job big enough where it's going to take you more than eight hours to coat. Go- to get your first coat on because you think mm-hmm. well, I can do a second coat next day. But on, on hours, on the average room, you can probably paint woodwork in an average room or trim uh, in an hour and a half. So you think, mm-hmm. well, an hour and a half, and then I can't do it for 16 hours. Mm-hmm. So we, we, we tend to veer towards the scuff is very popular over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, on, on unicorns, as we call it, because it's it's, uh, it's magical stuff.
2: <laughs> scuff is really good, although I have seen um, – If you're using it on cabinetry in place where people are going to put their hands a lot um i have seen it start to break down just from the oils of people's hands yeah emulsifies
1: on it yeah on uh, on the acorns on staircases yep i've yet to see it yet but we had another american brand that was popular over here called mythic and everybody was using that and that started doing that on handrails. It it, it's just uh
2: was mythic was it ppg
1: um, I'm not sure. I think it was, uh, there was a lot of old stories that were selling it and it was, uh, carcinogenic free and this, that, or other. uh, and it, it was, it went on nice. Scuff is like a better version of it, but I'm mm-hmm. not sure who made it. Uh, if anybody can let me now, I can't remember. I've probably got a tin line about somewhere, but it was blooming good mm-hmm. gear to put on very much or a Scuff X. But I think there's an English company over here that's reverse engineered it and improved it. And now making so I heard, your own version.
2: I heard that. Uh, do you use Fine Paints of Europe at all?
1: No, but I've seen a lot of it about.
2: Okay, so I. This is third hand, but I heard through the grapevine that somehow Advance and Fine Paints of Europe uh, Eco Satin, which is their uh, modified water base, are pretty much the same thing. Both have a 16 hour recoat time. So whether one stole from the other or whatever, and I've used both. And they're really,
1: really comparable. Yeah. See, we have, we have PPG over here, and it's it, the own Johnson's paints. Yep. Uh, but I think some of the American formulas are slipping into ours because some okay. of the Johnson's... I've been using a Johnson's product outside today that we know as water-based, quick-drying water-based opaque, mm-hmm. uh, which you you guys would probably use on cladding. And it's blooming brilliant stuff. It's unbeatable, but I think... Mm-hmm is it an american formula that's creeping into the english through ppg
2: um i don't know about i don't know how the voc laws are there but it seems every year they're getting less and less here um and especially here dealing with tannin bleed and stuff like that um eventually it's going to become a real problem i use cover stain almost exclusively on bare wood and uh yeah without cover stain i don't know what i would do
1: yeah we we have cover stain over it. It's all right, but it doesn't have stink.
2: <laughs> oh, that's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: That that and uh, zinta bin gets overused a lot. Yep. Yep.
2: Yeah, I sp- yeah, I spray this winter. I've probably sprayed you know twenty or thirty gallons of bin. So
1: yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's good gear in the right place. Mm-hmm. So, so what's been your best investment work wise?
2: It's gonna be so cliche, and I was really resistant to bite the bullet and buy it, but it's got to be festival. Um, <laughs> uh, everybody any, said if any, the same. Just uh, <laughs> if anybody's listening and they're like oh it's over expensive crap it's not worth it you're wrong and i'm going to tell you why you're wrong first of all you're not your ability to sand any and everything automatically becomes part of every equation of everything that you do which is going to result in a better quality finish not only that you're not having to clean up the mess you just made from sanding. So those two things alone, your ability to have an amazing finish do it faster, and you're not spending money on cleanup time. It's, it's literally a win in every category. And if you, if you spent the money to buy a dust extractor and a sander, I would be really surprised if you didn't make it back in, you know, four or six months time. Easy.
1: Easy. Easy. We've, and- one, one of the man's gone in for repair. Um, I'm not looking forward to sanding a couple of days beyond while it mm-hmm. gets repaired.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's just, uh, I would say that that by far is the biggest investment. Luckily, I worked with a guy who was heavily invested in the festival, so I kind of got to try it before I, I bought it, because otherwise here, it's kind of still um, not a ton of people use it here. Yeah. And And so I was always like skeptical and like not sure, but I got to actually try it before I bought it. And it was just a no brainer.
1: I I think it's one of the things that got popular here before it did there, which is a rarity. And I think Mm -hmm. the same in Australia, because I see a lot of the Aussies bigging up Fez tool at the moment, like it's not being popular over there. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's it's, um, it's been here a while.
2: (laughs) And a a point that's often overlooked uh, that's really good about it is, all that stuff isn't getting airborne. So even at the end of the day, if all of those other points aren't good enough for you, your long-term health, uh, it's something that really should be taken seriously and considered. And those machines suck up so much of the dust that you'd otherwise be breathing in or having it all over your skin. Um, yep.
1: I'll, I'll, and- let you t- I'll let you into a little secret. That's partly what my cough is today. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, because I've been working outside. I was too lazy to open the extractor up. Uh, okay. I was sanding some filler, uh and that, to be honest, I was a bit ignorant. I didn't, you know, I thought oh, I'm only sanding a bit. I'll be sanding ten minutes, which I was. Uh, mm-hmm. It was powdered filler. I was sanding it down. I thought, oh, there's not much dust coming off that. I had the little fabric bag on the back, and it was only when I got home, and uh, because of this Corona thing, I, t- I take my jump off and my overalls and leave them in the van before coming out. And when mm-hmm. I took my jump off, the amount of white dust, I thought, Jesus Christ. I've, and I thought, it's it's more than I thought, and I've been breathing it in, I thought, stop being so blimmin' lazy with it. And that's partly what my cough is, because it's got on my throat mm-hmm. a bit, and you know, it's <laughs> it's just me being lazy with that. Uh, it's it's but, 22, yeah, you don't realize
2: when I first started uh, painting exteriors, and we might have not even sanded the whole exterior, we might not have even washed it, and now I'm literally doing a full 360 with my sander in every single room uh ceiling walls all the trim all the casing all the siding on an exterior all the trim and uh yeah it's like a you know it's like an extension of me now i have two two extractors so i always have one no matter where i am and it's actually been just really nice for doing interior work the vacuum's not loud and the cleaning kit's great because it makes it so easy to keep your job site so neat and tidy at all times
1: yeah It, it makes it so so lazy when you fill in as well uh, mm-hmm. Because we, we feel now, we just feel it way proud so it do not sink. Sure. yeah. You know, whereas before, you tried to get as little on as possible yep. because you didn't want to be like, it's with the hand, giving it some the next day. So mm-hmm. whereas, whereas now, you can just pile it on pretty thick so you know it's not going to sink and then just come back the next day and straight across it and back flush.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, it saves it saves you time that way.
2: Yeah. I feel, I feel really generic, but that's by far and away the best investment I've yeah. ever made in my business by far... And I have like you know five Sanders now, uh, and two vacuums, and I just I love them.
1: I th- I think so. I've got one more Festool purchase. Uh, What's
2: on your wish list?
1: The RO 150.
2: Okay, that's yeah, on I've, my wish list too, actually.
1: Yeah, I've got the 90. Okay. It's just sometimes the bigger one would be better.
2: Mm-hmm. But uh, five, I borrow my my five I borrow my buddy's RO one. one my, my uh my buddy has an ro 125 that i borrow and i actually just used it pretty extensively recently and i kind of figured out the rotex mode where it's like you have to flow over the surface like you can't really try to like bear down on the sander because it'll send you for a ride
1: yeah you have to hold on with two hands yep <laughs> yeah that that's that's my next one but they're about five and a half hundred pounds here so i'm holding off mm-hmm. a bit mm-hmm. um so is there any, any takeaways you can give us listeners
2: uh, I don't That's such a, that's just a broad statement. Um, <laughs> I would, I would say, uh, painting wise, um, I actually have a kid that I just grew up with. Do you guys have Lyme disease there?
1: Uh, I don't think you get so much of it now.
2: Okay. It's a tick borne illness. That's becoming really popular in the United States and it gives off, um, really bad signs of arthritis and um, a lot of people here suffer from it and medically I, it's really hard to get, um, get treated treatment for it. Um, it's, it's kind of hard to treat. Um, a really good friend of mine who I was best friends with uh, through school, he has been working for a painting contractor for years and over the last year and a half thought that he had contracted Lyme because he was having really serious health problems. And it just turned out that it was due to lead exposure. Yeah. Um, he was working for a contractor and they, they didn't really take their safety seriously and not wearing respirators, not wearing Tyvek suits. If you're standing on lead, which here in this area, lead is very common. Um, and was, got really sick from it. And luckily he went, finally went to the doctor and found out that he had really, really high levels of lead. Um, so if I could give anyone um any advice is I think it's really hard to age gracefully in this business if you're a sole owner operator. Um, so anything that you can do to mind your health, any step of the way is just going to pay its dividends later on.
1: Yeah. Brilliant. So wh- where can we find you on social media?
2: On social media, my Instagram handle is at bureau, and I have a website, www.paintbureau.com.
1: Brilliant. And, What are your hobbies outside of work?
2: Okay, I'm a really fringe sports person. Um, I think when most people think of the US, they're like, oh, people love, uh, um, I'm going to say American football. People (laughs) love American football. Um, People love basketball. I like hate all those sports. Um, I really like cross country mountain biking, Um, uh, which for here, that's like seriously fringe. But my main passion actually is disc golf. Have you ever heard of it? no no. okay (laughs) so basically it's like frisbee golf disc golf um you play on courses um i don't think it's that popular where you are it's really popular in finland it's probably their most popular sport um that's probably i would say my biggest hobby outside of work um and i like mixed martial arts too like ufc and stuff like that although i feel like over the last couple of years it's kind of been harder and harder to to be a fan
1: yeah Brilliant. So finally, who are you digging on Instagram and social media at the moment?
2: Uh, do you follow NWR Painting?
1: No, but I'm going to make a note of these. <laughs> okay.
2: Um, he, I believe he's in British Columbia in Canada, and he is one of those people where when you see what he's doing, you realize that no matter what I ever do, I will never hold a flame to this guy. Yeah. Um. He's spraying all kinds of like stains, clear finishes, really high level, high gloss finishes. He's just an absolute wizard, and he's just super nice guy. He actually sent me one of his hats. Uh, so Nick, if you're listening, thanks for the hat. And uh, honestly, the other person when I open Instagram every single time I'm ready to gush over their photos is uh, Devlin Decor. Yeah, and he Tell me. he actually was he yeah he was actually he was the gateway to me following um, a bunch of English painting contractors. And I think he's such a cool guy. He just always is cranking out amazing work. And uh, he just seems like a really cool guy to hang around with. And uh, I, yeah, he's just one of my favorite people that I follow.
1: He's upcoming on a podcast. We've done one with him. To, to oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, with Tommy. Uh, I know another one that you're a fan of who's worked with Tommy is Martin.
2: Yep. Yeah. Martin's really great. He's like, he's like me on Instagram though, where I feel like my Instagram posting comes in spurts. Um, I just have to really be in the right place to want to kind of like advertise myself. It just doesn't come naturally to me. Yeah. Um, so when things are really good and I'm doing cool stuff, I'm usually up for it, but then there's just other times where I'm just not really feeling it at all.
1: <laughs> so see, do, you prefer, do you prefer to follow a lot of the English ones? You find it's our work varies hell of a lot different to yours or?
2: Honestly, I think at least from the contractors I follow because I follow a lot of contractors here too, it just seems to be the level of care and execution is really high there, and you guys seem to really just i don't know be so prideful in what you do. We're here. I feel like a lot more is focused more on the business aspect um, than the craftsmanship yeah. um, so and the colors you guys have amazing colors here. I don't use fair and ball paint often, but as soon as I can recommend a colour, I have my Ferron Ball deck out. Just the colours are amazing. Um, <coughs> me. And so, yeah, just so many of those dark, moody colours, like, they're just so pleasing to my eye, and, yeah, that's something that really draws me.
1: They do have, well, you can see all this red brick behind me that I painted mm-hmm. dark, dark red 13 years ago. Hopefully, mm-hmm. when I'm off next week, that's getting done in a Ferron Ball colour. Which colour? Uh, in shower Blue. Nice. Yeah, uh, like,
2: so it can you can see my background in here? Yeah. that's entire blue too.
1: Yeah, well, the the old so. brick's doing that, and I've got a desk, a uh, banker's desk in my workshop, and a filing cabinet that are getting done in. Uh, can't remember, it's Off back, off black or pitch black mm-hmm. to go in here with silver handles on. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'd awesome. Be, be pretty dark, but it'll be all right. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Nice.
1: But yeah, they they do do some nice colours. Uh, yeah, brilliant. Well, you've been brilliant to have on. It's been nice to speak to you, finally catch up with you, being emailed in to and fro in, trying to find a schedule that suits. (laughs) I know.
2: That's the thing about the coronavirus is, like, it's kind of nice to slow down. And um, I know our time difference is a lot. So thanks a lot for accommodating me. And, uh, yeah, it's been a pleasure to be here.
1: No problems. Brilliant.
2: Cheers, Josh. Okay, we'll see you.
1: Cheers. Well, that's about all we have time for for this week's show. I hope you guys enjoy listening to these decorators' life stories as much as I'm enjoying chatting to the decorators and recording them. Just before I go, I have a couple of things I'd like to mention. If you're enjoying the podcast, then pop over to iTunes and leave us a review, along with sharing the podcast with people you think would appreciate a listen. Now, this podcast takes time, money and effort to get out alongside working on the brushes 40 hours plus a week. So to help fund the behind the scenes, such as admin, podcast hosting, we've set a Patreon service up. It's never going to be a case of, if you don't pay, can't listen. But if, enjoy, if you've enjoyed the podcast and found them informative, then you can show your support. At the bottom of the show notes, there's a buy me a coffee link. It isn't compulsory and there's no set limit. Even if it's just the support of one coffee, what you'd spend on your daily it, it all helps. Well, thank you for listening, and as always, please share your listening on Insta, tagging Brothers of the Brush Insta. You can also reach out to us via direct message on Insta, emailing in on info at brothersofthebrush.co.uk, or simply just WhatsApping us on plus four four seven nine zero two five seven one four one four. Thanks for listening, guys.